0: This evening's reading is from Psalm 87. On the holy mount stands the city he founded. The Lord loves the gates of Zion more than all the dwelling places of Jacob. Glorious things of you are spoken, O city of God. Among those who know me, I mention Rahab and Babylon. Behold Philistia and Tyre with Cush. This one was born there, they say, and of Zion it shall be said, this one and that one were born in her, for the Most High himself will establish her. The Lord records as he registers the peoples, this one was born there. Singers and dancers alike say, all my springs are in you. This is the word of the Lord. Good evening, everybody. Good to see you all. Well, Psalm 87, I don't know if uh, when Josh started reading, you thought, oh yeah, I know this one, or not. Uh, It's maybe not like an instant classic, is it? Psalm 87, I was even going to say 78 then, that's how classic it is. Psalm 87, maybe, perhaps if you grew up in church, maybe it rang a bell in verse three with that classic old hymn, glorious things of thee are spoken. But maybe if you didn't grow up in church, possibly never even heard that psalm before. It isn't one of the instantly recognisable favourites, maybe. Um, We don't sort of grab hold of that psalm in the way we might do, you know, Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd, or Psalm 121, I lift up my eyes to the hills. Um, I almost thought when I looked in my diary and saw I'd put myself down for Psalm 87, I wonder why I chose that. And then I thought, oh, I know why, I remember why, because I've come to love this psalm. I've really come to love this psalm because this this psalm shows us the extent and the power of God's grace. It's a psalm about God's redemption and his transformation of our lives. It is a brilliant gem of reassurance and of hope. So let me pray and then we will jump into this wonderful psalm. Heavenly Father, we pray now as we come to your word that you would send your spirit upon us, that our eyes would be opened, our hearts would be soft, and that we would leave here changed by what we've seen. We pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. The first thing I want us to see in this psalm is that out of all the people in the world, God has made a special selection. Of all the people in the world, God made a special, special selection. And in verse one, we see it is the city of Jerusalem, the city of God, founded on God's holy mountain. Here it's called Zion. It's another name for Jerusalem. This was the capital of ancient Israel. It was the very heart of God's chosen people. Among all the people of the earth, all the countries of the earth, God specially chose and set apart, uniquely picked out this place and this people. And even within the the nation of Israel, Jerusalem, that particular city, Zion, was special. Verse 2 says, The Lord loves the gates of Zion more than all the dwelling places of Jacob. That's all of the rest of that land. The Lord had a fierce love for Jerusalem for the people of Jerusalem. He owned it as his city. Its people were his people. And Zion, this special city, came to stand for the chosenness of Israel, the people of God. While all the people around worshipped false gods, they didn't know the Lord, they didn't trust the Lord, this place was his place. These people were his people. Now, if you ever shop at Aldi, you'll know they have a brand called Specially Selected. Has anyone ever had that? It's a mark of exclusivity, quality, even though you know you shop shopping at Aldi. Um, I also discovered this week along similar lines, PG Tips is called PG Tips because it's made from just the, the, like, the top two leaves off the top of the tea plant, which are the sort of tenderest, tastiest tips. So that's why PG Tips are called that. Personally, I'm a Yorkshire tea man. But there we go. Zion, Jerusalem, the Lord's chosen people and his chosen city were specially selected. The PG tips of the world. And the uniqueness of Zion we see in this psalm is because the Lord chose it, he himself lived there. Like God chose to live in a city on the earth. In Jerusalem, in Zion was The temple, God's own house on earth, where he would literally appear to the people. He would sit enthroned. He would speak to his people. He would receive their worship. And because God was there, because God lived with them, Zion became a place of beauty that beamed out with the salvation, with the glory of God. People could see that the Lord was there, that he was with them, And so verse 3 of our psalm, Glorious things of you are spoken, O city of God. Glorious things of you are spoken. Psalm 48 calls Jerusalem the city of the great king, the joy of the whole earth. The joy of the whole earth. Psalm 50 says, Out of Zion, the perfection of beauty, God shines forth. The people of God are marked by the beauty, the glory, the presence of God. And they are the place of his blessing on the earth. They are a light shining in the world that actually draws others in. That they would say glorious things about Zion. And we know from the Bible that actually the whole of the ancient world was buzzing talking about Zion. We know that kings and queens came from all over the world to visit and see what Jerusalem was like. The Queen of Sheba, um, probably modern-day Ethiopia, the Queen of Sheba came to visit Jerusalem when Solomon was the king there. And she said, for once, the hype didn't live up to the reality. She said, I've heard loads of great stuff about you, but when I, when I got here and I seen it, you know, not even half of what was told to me is covered you know, here. For once, the hype didn't live up to reality and the Queen of Sheba left Jerusalem to go back home blessing and praising the God of Jerusalem. God's chosen ones are glorious with God's own glory. They shine out. They're radiant with God's own glory. Specially selected to be his is to have him. To know his love, to know his beauty is to shine out with it. So God has made this special selection. But then in verse four there is, well I'm afraid I'm gonna have to choose some other uh, alliterative thing. Verse four there is, I'm gonna call it, an astounding addition. I can only apologize for that awful alliteration. There's another one. God has made a special selection and, verse four, an astounding addition. We've been applauding God's choice of Zion, his people. And suddenly we read in verse four, among those who know me, I mention Rahab and Babylon. Behold, Philistia and Tyre with Cush. This one was born there, they say. What is that all about? All of these places that are being mentioned are not Zion. They are not even Israelite cities. These are foreign, far-off places Cush is probably Sudan, North Africa. Tyre is in what is today Lebanon. Philistia is as in Philistines, the enemies of God's people, Philistines. Rahab is a name for Egypt. Egypt were the ones who had for 400 years enslaved and oppressed the people of God. Babylon, today's Iraq, is in the Bible The city of sin and debauchery and rebellion and wickedness. It is the empire that colonized the ancient world and carried the people of Jerusalem off into exile, into suffering. What is going on here? These people have worshipped false gods. They've sacrificed their children. They've hated God. They've tried to destroy his people. And yet God is saying, among those who know me, I count these people these people. I'm counting them amongst those who know me. These Gentile outsiders, even enemies and strangers, are now being included in God's special selection. While people are saying glorious things about Zion, praising the people of Jerusalem and the beauty and glory of that place, they're pointing out Egypt and Babylon and saying, oh, this one was born there. This one is counted over here. Of Zion, verse 5, it shall be said, this one and that one were born there. It doesn't seem to matter how far off they are, how evil they are, how hateful they are, even towards God himself, they're being counted as if they were natural-born Jerusalemites. And the end of the psalm tells us The Lord himself is taking a register of Zion and he says, yes, you were born there. It is an astounding addition. What is going on? Well, my passport, here it is, records that I was born in Leicester and uh, I've lived in Oxford for nearly 13 years now and no matter how much I love Oxford, and I love the people of Oxford, no matter how settled and happy I feel here in this place, I will always be a Leicester boy. City of pork pies and red cheese, Leicester City and Leicester Tigers, Casabian and Shawaddy Waddy as well. Uh, Richard III, buried under a car park, I don't know if you remember that one, and I will always say grass and not grass, like everyone around here does. I couldn't change being from Leicester, even if I wanted to, that is who I am. And if there were to be ever a purge in Oxford of non-native Oxford people, i would be out. They would have a look, wouldn't they? They'd come and take the register. They'd see my, they'd see my passport. Born in Leicester. Sorry, you're out. I'd be done for. But here in this psalm, it's as if the passport says, born in Babylon, enemy, stranger, outsider, And yet the Lord looks at that passport and he says, Born in Zion, included, accepted, family, specially selected by me. Passport stamp. Despite all the history, despite the sin, the evil, the Lord counts these strangers in fully belonging, as though they were born in Zion. Verse five says, wonderfully, the Most High establishes them. The Most High himself establishes them. He makes the verdict. The one whose opinion truly counts, he does it. And this is how the Lord loves to work. He makes his special selection. And he so blesses and loves his people that even their enemies come running. Their hearts are changed, their lives are transformed and turned upside down, and yet they can only ever dream of being accepted and to share in God's goodness. But he says, of course you're welcome to come in. Of course you're welcome to be included. In you come. The theologian John Calvin wrote this. It is a glorious distinction of the church That those who held her in contempt shall come flocking to her from every corner, and those who desired to see her completely cut up and destroyed shall consider it the highest honor to have a place among her citizens. That's exactly the story of the Apostle Paul in the Bible. Uh, Paul was actually born an Israelite, but he spent most of his life persecuting and imprisoning and killing his own people who loved Jesus. And one day the Lord appeared to Paul and said to him, Paul, you're persecuting me. And Paul did a 180-degree turn. And the man who had once tried to wipe out the people of God became probably the greatest ever missionary and evangelist we've ever seen the one who once hated the church and hated her Lord, was happy to say in one of his letters, I'm the least of the apostles, unworthy to be called an apostle. And he said later, I rejoice in my sufferings for your sake, for the sake of his body, the church, of which I became a minister. Paul could come in to belong to Jesus, to be part of his people, Counting it a privilege to suffer for their sake, having once persecuted and seek to destroy the church. That's how much Paul came to love God and his people. In this church, um, a number of years ago, we once had a staff member who grew up in extremist Islam. His father was a, a senior member of Al Qaeda, and this man was basically expected to go on and become part of the setup. But one day, as a young man, miraculously, he met Jesus Christ. And so he walked into a church. All the Christians in the church ran away because they thought he's come to kill us. But he explained, No, wait, 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 wait. I've changed. I've I've met Jesus, I've come to trust and love him. And I want to join you in worshiping him. Just a few weeks ago, I stood next to this chap at a baptism service praising God for new life and new Christians and remembering his amazing story. Once a man bound to kill the people of God and now rejoicing as one of them. The old preacher Charles Spurgeon put it this way, Zion's old foes are newborn and have become her friends. And actually, um, having told two quite remarkable stories of Paul and that guy from this church, the fact is, that story is the story of anybody who has ever become a Christian. That's the story of anyone who's ever become a Christian. The fact is, none of us are natural born citizens of heaven. None of us have on our passport, son of God, daughter of God, citizen of heaven. None of us start out our lives as God's chosen ones. We're We're born in sin, the Bible says, not born in Zion. We're selfish, we're proud, we live our own lives, we want our own way, we don't want the Lord and we don't want his ways. And the fact is that God has made one eternal special selection. He's made one choice that's really decisive. Before the creation of the world he picked out just one person, Jesus Christ, his son, to be the chosen one, to be the only place of his blessing, the only place of his goodness poured out, the only one who is good and beautiful and kind and faithful. He is the unique and the only place of God's love and blessing and goodness. And outside of that one choice, that one selection, Jesus Christ, there is no blessing and light and life and goodness to be found. But perhaps if you're here tonight, you've discovered this already. Maybe you're discovering it even now. God's choice of Jesus, that one particular special choice, it is not at the expense of all of us. God has chosen Jesus not at the expense of us, but that so that we would see Jesus' glory, Jesus' beauty, Jesus' goodness. And even though we're enemies like Babylon and Rahab and all the rest, that we would see him and have our eyes enlightened and our hearts turned towards him that we would change that we would come in from the cold and draw close so you can say Babylon is included in Zion I am included in Jesus I belong to him I've come in I've met him and if you trust in Jesus Christ that is where you are today you're in if you've been given new life by the Holy Spirit, you are born again, born in Zion. You can enjoy God's delight as he takes pride and joy in his truly chosen one, his son Jesus. You get to take part in that to be counted in that delight. And friends, this can happen for you tonight if it has not already. However far off you have been from Jesus, from his church, however Long the road you've been journeying on, the journey back is never cut off. The door is always open. Your passport can always be changed. Whatever you think it might say tonight, it can be changed. You who are naturally, yes, perhaps an outsider, perhaps you'd even count yourself at one time in your life, or even tonight, an enemy of God, Babylon, Rahab, you are welcome to come in to the Lord, to join all the rest of us, amazed to be included, people of God, and truly belong. Many people in the room tonight will be able to tell you, those who are furthest away can come the closest. Those who feel they are least deserving can find they have it all in Jesus. And out of Rahab, And Babylon, out of the depths of darkness and godlessness and suffering and trouble, there can be new life and a new identity. It can and does happen. And this is where transformation happens. We've got on the back of these cards, I noticed earlier, transform. We're praying for transformation. We pray for it because it can happen. God transforms people's lives, He's transformed many of our lives in this room tonight. Because not only are you added and included and welcomed into God's people, not only do you become his choice and his joy, you're also made to be glorious. You are changed that you would radiate and shine out the light and the life and the beauty of Jesus. Do you know that's what your calling is if you're a Christian tonight? That is your calling. Zion is beautiful and attractive in Psalm 87 because she reflects the glory of the Lord. The people of God, we're not confident in ourselves to be brilliant. We know that we're not. Neither are we hung up, though, on our past failures and our sins and our history. We simply reflect the glory of God. As we walk around every day, amazed to belong to Jesus, amazed that I would be included with him, amazed that I would be included in the church, I just reflect the love, the beauty that he has poured into my life. And we can say with the singers and dancers of verse seven, to the Lord, all my springs are in you. All my life comes from you. Everything good I have comes from you. And we can sing with John Newton to quote the hymn I mentioned at the start. Savior, if in Zion city I through grace a member am, let the world deride or pity, I will glory in thy name. And friends, those of us who know how rotten we are, those of us who know how little we have to give, those of us who know how empty we are, We get to shine with Jesus' light. We get to speak about Jesus' love. We get to show Jesus' life and power in all of our own weakness and frailties. His power is made perfect in our weaknesses. That is the Christian life. That is Christian ministry. That is Christian mission. To walk out of here tonight and return to our homes, our offices, our colleges and workplaces through this week and be so marked by Jesus that glorious things are spoken of you, city of God. That Jesus dwelling among us, his people, makes us the joy of the whole earth. That out of Zion, the perfection of beauty, God himself shines out into Oxford into Oxfordshire, into the tensions in your work, into the brokenness in your family, into the pain and the anxiety and the loss that surround you and maybe even in you yourself, the light, the beauty, the goodness of God shines from us, his people. I want to finish, but I just want to preempt a couple of objections. And I wonder if there is someone here who's thinking, this all sounds really good, but I'm like the bottom of the pile. I would be the last name on the team sheet. There are other Christians who are better than me, who are happier than me, who are more holy, who pray more, who sin less. I am not going to shine out with the glory of God there may be someone else who's sitting there thinking, I can just about get my head around the fact that God might accept me and that he would include me fine. Okay, I can just about get to that point. But my past is too complex. I have too much baggage to shine with the glory of God. There's, there's too much just stuff hanging on that means I'm not going to be useful to God in any meaningful way I'm happy to sort of be the one who sits at the back of the room and just I'll enjoy being there but I don't have anything to do with it if you're thinking those things I want to tell you this evening don't believe it don't believe it we've been talking about Babylon and Zion we've been talking about the Most High Himself establishing you we've been talking about the Apostle Paul all your springs, verse 7, are in Jesus, not in you. All the life, all the goodness that you're supposed to shine with, it doesn't, it's not even supposed to come from you, it comes from him. So I want to assure you, you today, this week, can overflow and overspill with the living water of Jesus to the world. And you know, very often, the more stale and bitter your past, the sweeter the water will taste that Jesus causes to flow from you. Some of the most refreshing and life-giving people I know are convicted criminals and alcoholics and porn addicts and serious sufferers and strugglers who just cling on to Jesus, but are glorified by him and shine with his beauty and forgiveness and grace his church is more beautiful and his grace is more amazing because of them so you're included and by his transforming power you can shine with his glory can I ask you to stand and we'll pray as the band come back and um I wasn't going to mention this, but I, just as I'm holding my passport, I was just thinking I went to, a, the reason I've got my passport and it's been on my mind is because I went to a wedding um, this week um, and it was in Northern Ireland, so I didn't actually need a passport. Um, but you know when you just reflex, pack all of your, pack all your stuff, and I put it in my bag and I had it in my, in my pocket ready for, when well, I'm going on a plane and I'm going through the airport, and I didn't, I didn't need it because I was in Northern Ireland, that's the place where I'm, I'm allowed to be. I can go there without having to prove who I am. Um, And I just wonder, is there someone here tonight who's got the the passport always in the back pocket and it's like the born in Babylon identity is just there always all the time. And you don't need to carry your passport because where you are, where you're going with the Lord, you, you belong, you have a right to be there. You don't need to prove yourself to anybody. You don't need to sort of fish around and show it to some official because you belong. You're born in Zion. I wonder if that's someone here tonight. And if it is, we'd love to pray with you in a moment when we come to to do that. We're gonna worship the Lord together now. So let me pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you that you are a God of such grace and kindness that you never write off any of us. And thank you that you are willing not only to include us with the people you love, but to cause your glory to shine in us through our weaknesses, through our sin. Lord, we pray that we might be people who are transformed by that grace, that we would even in these next few days as we go into our weeks, shine with the glory and beauty of Christ. Amen. Amen.